Church, you may be seated. Good morning. How are we doing today? Everyone doing well? I was having a conversation in the foyer on the way in with a gentleman, and I was like, is it, is it like, a, can we say Happy New Year? Are we still there? Are we still in that time frame? Happy New Year. I hope it's been a good one so far. It's a, um, it's a really unique time of year, isn't it? It seems like every commercial, every uh, YouTube ad that pops up is all about this new year, new you. What are you doing with the new year? Are you there? Have you made a resolution? Are you one of those people that are like, hey, I'm, I'm going to do something with this new year. Anybody want to own it? I think Pastor Nick did it last week. Is that you? Are you going to own it? And I'm going to do something different? Anybody? Wow. (laughs) I'm glad you're here this morning. Man, we are the slackers in the second service. Yeah, I thought I'd get something. Well, I'm one of those people. I, I like when, uh, when the page is torn on the calendar, a new year starts, our minds just go there. Whether you want to admit it or not, our minds go there. right? Can I, can I, can I do something different this year? Can I be a better husband? Can I be a better wife? Can I, can I be a better parent? Can I follow the Lord more faithfully? This year, I'm going to serve the church with everything that I have. I'm going to make the church a, a priority. Hopefully, your mind is thinking along those lines. But regardless, it's this, it's this thought of, you know, can I do something different? What I love about this time of year is that Google does something every year. It's called the year in search, where they, they, they post the most searched vehicle to buy, or the, 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 the most searched place to live, or whatever it might be, and they, they always post the most posed question. The most posed question for 2022, it's going to be on the screen, it says, can I change? That was the most posed question on the Google search engine of this past year. Can I change? change. Now, in the current culture that we live, that question can take on a thousand different meanings, can it not? And, and, and here's the deal. What I love about Google, what they did in all of their secularism, what they did is prove that at the heart of mankind is this desire to be something different, to change. The longing of the human heart to do something. They proved that whether people admit it or not, They have a desperate need for Jesus. So I want to answer the question that was posed the most of 2022. Can I change? It's a resounding yes in and through Jesus Christ. Amen, church? You can change. You can change. And and with that thought, it's kind of our, our, our title for the sermon. That in this new year... You can have a new mind. In this new year, you can have this new mind. You can think differently. As a child of God, you can change. Aren't you thankful for that? You don't have to be what you were yesterday. You can change in and through the power of Jesus. This new year, you can have a new mind. I want you to go to Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. It's going to be for just a second. This new year, new mind concept. Romans 
chapter 12. I'm going to read 1 and 2. It says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice. The kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world. But let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Listen, church, becoming, becoming a child of God, saying yes to Jesus, not only changes your destination, but it changes your mind. Do you believe that? It changes your mind. He does not only want to uh, change your eternity, but he wants to change you. He wants to change the way you think. So in this new year, you can start to think about life in a different way. Maybe you're, you're one of those people that look back and like, I've been following Jesus for five years, but I look back over the five years, and, and my life is not all that different. I haven't made these changes. I don't feel any different. My life doesn't look any different. Perhaps you have the Holy Spirit, but you've been ignoring his prompts for you to change. He wants to change you, not only your eternity, but he wants to change you now for how you're living in 2023. He wants to give you that new mind, changing the way that you think, the way that you move forward, everything about you he wants to change. Have you noticed a theme of the preaching over the last month or so? I, I, I love the mind. I, I love talking about the mind. I, I think God wants your mind. Do you believe that this morning, church? We don't say that enough. We say heart, but your mind controls your heart. God wants your mind. He wants to change you. He wants to change the way you think. He wants to change everything about you. So if you're a person in this room this morning, you're like, hey, this is a new year. I want to change. I want to be that best husband. I want to be that best wife. I want to follow Jesus with everything that I have. And you've said yes to Jesus. You're indwelt with the Holy Spirit, and he's there prompting you to change. He's there to help you. But there is a battle going on in our mind. There's a battle waging in our mind. And we need to learn in this new year how to manage our mind, how to control the way that we think, how to have a healthy mindset. Uh, it's not going to be on the screen, but if you're a note taker, I want you to write this down. Why is it important for me to manage my mind? Why is it important for me to manage my mind? I want you to write that down. And I'll give us a couple reasons. Why is it important for mind management in this new year? The first reason that I want to give you is that our thoughts control our lives. Our thoughts control our lives. Proverbs 4, chapter, uh, uh, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, guard your hearts above all else. Guard your hearts above all else, for it determines the course of your life. What hearts translates right here in this particular passage is the wellspring of life. 
That's what it translates. The wellspring of life. What this passage is saying, it's everything about you. Guard everything about you. It controls your life. Do you believe that statement? Do you believe that scripture to be true when it says this? It controls everything about you. I'm constantly reminded of this in my parenting. Any parents in the room that, man, what I, what I feed my, my children, what I tell my children shapes them into who they are, not only right now, but 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. What I'm feeding their mind is shaping them. If you don't believe me, just go to a young sporting event right now and watch the parents go crazy. You been there? It is a wild scene these days. We always like to admit, like, it wasn't that way when I was a kid. Yes, it was. You were just on the field. Man, it is wild. Parents, be careful what you feed your kids. How we're shaping the way you think. Many adults walked into this space this morning bringing in a lot of baggage from their childhood. Whether you were mentally abused, physically abused, spiritually abused, that sticks with you. You're a living testimony to what this scripture is saying. That the heart is the wellspring of life. Where it goes is where your life goes. Our minds shape us. And I'm constantly aware of that as I parent my children. Our minds have a lot of control over where we go. So guard the wellspring of life, which is your mind. A lot is at stake if we don't manage our mind well. The second reason for mind management is that our minds are a battleground for sin. Our minds are a battleground for sin. What I know about sin is that nobody wakes up in the morning and says, today's the day that I'm going to walk off the cliff. That's not how it happens. Sin starts so small. It's, it's birthed in the mind. And in the mind, it's nurtured and allowed to grow. It's a process. And how that works is that we, we allow it to grow. We, we want it to nurture in our mind. And then before you know it, we act on it. That in your mind, there's a battle waging. What are you going to do with that battle? Romans chapter 7, 21 through 25. Paul writes this. For I have discovered this principle of life. That when I want to do what is right, I inevitably do what is wrong. Anybody relate to Paul right there? I love God's law with all my heart, but there is another power within me that is at war with my what, church? Mind. This power makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you see how it is. In my mind, I really want to obey God's law. But because of my sinful nature, I'm a slave to sin. There is a battle waging in your mind. Paul 
speaks of it. Maybe this new year you need to understand that. Maybe for the first time ever you really need to give that some attention that there is a battle going on in your mind. God wants it and Satan wants it. And you're caught in the middle. Your mind is a battleground for sin. That's why learning how to manage it is so important in this new year. So how do, I, how do I have a healthy outlook on life? How do I have a healthy mind? How can I have a godly mind? We've posed two reasons why it's so important to, to nurture this healthy mindset, but how do, how do I have it? It's a question, right, on the screen. How do I have a godly mind? The first thing that I want you to write down is that our minds need truth. Our minds need truth. Let's go to Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. When, when we're reading this, I want you to understand that Jesus, in this very moment, was fighting the Satan himself, the devil in human form, right here and there in this story. He was wrestling with him. He was fighting the battle. And this is what Jesus says in Matthew 4, 4. But Jesus told him, no, the scriptures say. If you're aware of this particular story, he was fighting Satan and three times he quoted scripture and on the third time it said Satan ran away. This is what he says. The scriptures say, people do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Right here in this moment, the Son of God knew that to fight this battle, could you imagine, right now we're only influences by uh, the forces of Satan. In this particular moment, I, I want your mind to go there. In this particular moment, Jesus was fighting Satan himself. Not some influence of Satan, but Satan himself. Can you imagine the weight of that temptation? And what Jesus says in this moment, he says, whoa, he, he was being tempted with the pride of life. You ever been there in your life? You say, I got it figured out. Anybody want to own that? You haven't owned so much this morning. You want to own that? that? To say that at some point in your life, you're like, I got this figured out. Anybody? Never works out, does it? That's what Satan was tricking Jesus with. Just admit it, that you can do it on your own, Jesus. And this is what he says. No, I don't live on bread alone. I live by every word that comes from God. To have a healthy mind, we've got to feed on the truth of God. Every word that comes from God. I love it when people, when people lead by example, especially people in high authority, in great places. You ever heard of the man named Billy Graham? Ever heard of him? Pretty amazing individual. He was known as the preacher of presidents. It's been said that he's met with every president since World War II. And he kind of got his start with meeting and counseling with presidents with Dwight D. Eisenhower. I think there's going to be a picture on the screen. It's throwback. It's awesome. Ain't that awesome? Billy Graham had such charisma and conviction and such a powerful calling on his life by God that he had the opportunity to preach the gospel around the world. And because of this influence, presidents invited him in to seek counsel, to get truth, 
And this is what Billy Graham says about Eisenhower. He says, Eisenhower was the first president that really asked my counsel in depth when he was sending troops into Little Rock. It's also said that just before Eisenhower died, Billy was invited to see him at Walter Reed Hospital. After talking again about the assurance of salvation, the two men prayed, and it was said in that hospital room that Eisenhower, following the prayer, said then he was ready to die. Even presidents understand they need wise counsel. Even presidents understand that the word of God, however the messenger, whoever it is bringing it, it's truth for their life. Listen, church, we're no different than presidents trying to make wise decisions. We need the truth. We need people to speak truth into our life from the word of God. Then we need to open the word of God and feed on every word. Your mind needs truth. It desperately needs truth. And, and you might be thinking to yourself right now, well, how often do I feed on it? How often do you eat breakfast? How often do you eat lunch, dinner, every day? Every day you need the truth of God feeding your mind. This is what the psalmist says in 119-147. says, I rise early before the sun is up. I cry out for help and put my hope in your words. Psalm 16, 7 and 8. This is from the message. I love the way that it's phrased here. It says, the wise counsel God gives when I'm awake is confirmed by my sleeping heart. Day and night, I'll stick with God. I've got a good thing going, and I'm not letting go. Feed your mind with the truths of God's word daily. You need it. It's going to be a phrase on the screen. It says, what you feed your mind fuels your soul. Write that down. What you feed your mind fuels your soul. And I think a lot of people are feeding their mind junk. Not just junk, church, but garbage. That's a more gross form of junk. What you feed your mind fuels your soul. We're going to speak to it in just a moment of how we feed our minds with the junk. Feed your soul daily with the truth of God's word. If you want to manage a healthy mind in this new year and be a person of change, looking more like Jesus, feed your mind on every word that comes from the Lord. The second thing is that you need to get rid of destructive influences. You need to get rid of destructive influences. What are, what are those destructive influences in our life? The first thing that's going to be on the screen, kind of the sub point, is Satan. We need to get rid 
of the destructive influences. First one, Satan. Ephesians 6, 16. In addition to all of these, hold the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Remember, we talked about it. He's coming after you. We've got to be aware of the schemes of the devil. How is he throwing those arrows at you? What are you feeding your mind? Understand that there is no disconnect. Listen to me. There is no disconnect from your mind to your heart. It's a straight shot. What you allow to feed your mind goes right to your soul. There is no disconnect in what your mind sees, what you absorb, what you're allowing around yourself that goes straight to your heart. I want you to understand this. You're you're not immune from that. You, You can't dabble in this area and think that it's not going to affect your soul. It will. It most definitely will. You've got to be aware of those destructive influences. The first one is Satan. And listen, in this new year, you cannot expect to change. Remember that question, can I change? You cannot expect to change and look more like Jesus unless being prompted by the Holy Spirit, you say yes to what he's wanting to do in your life. You can't just wake up in the morning and say, I'm I'm better, I'm following him, I'm more like Christ without doing anything. If, if, If you have a struggling thought life, maybe you need to get off social media. Maybe that's a destructive influence. If you struggle with pornography, maybe you need to take your phone and shut it off past 5 o'clock in the afternoon. If you're a person that struggles with negative thoughts, don't watch the news. It's, it's, It's not hard. It's not complicated. Satan's after you. He wants to fill your mind with these destructive influences to keep you where you're at. When all along God is saying, I want to renew your mind. I want to change you. And we're allowing him to win. Parents, I want to speak to you just for a second. We struggle as parents, do we not? Too many times we walk to the front door of our homes and we open it and we say, Satan, come on in. Six months ago, Pastor Keaton talked about the destructive tendencies of phones. Listen, moms and dads, I think several of your children on Christmas morning unwrapped the devil in your living room. It's real. He's coming after you. He's coming after your kids. Moms and dads, listen. The priority of a parent is to guard and shepherd the soul of your children. What are you doing, moms and dads, to protect your babies, to protect them from Satan? So many times we open the door and usher him into the living room before they are ready to fight him. And you're setting them up. You are setting them up. I'll never forget this. Getting a little riled up. I'll never forget it. I was in student ministry at the time. And a mother... One of my students said, I need to meet with you. I said, come on. She was weeping, sobbing. I said, what is, what is wrong? What's going on? My son is addicted to pornography. He was 13. I said, Wow. For one, I can't believe that a boy told his mom that, bravo, but wow, 
she said, and I'm not poking fun at her because parents, sometimes we are behind the times. She, she, she grabbed her cell phone and she said, can you believe that on his phone he can search the internet and find that? Now in that moment I wanted to say, hello, right? But I, I was compassionate. I said, yes. Satan's coming after our kids. Moms and dads, please be aware of the schemes of Satan and how he is coming after you and how he is coming after your kids. It is your priority to shepherd and guard their soul. The second sub-point to get rid of destructive influences is our old self. My old self. Let's read Ephesians 4, 22 and 23. says, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your what, church? Thoughts and attitudes. Throw off your old sinful nature, as Taylor Swift would say, it's me, hi, I got you to admit it in church. You listen to T. Swift. So many times we give Satan all the credit. Devil made me do it. Devil made me do it. No, you did it. You did it. You know better, and you chose it. My old self gets in the way. Anybody? Anybody struggle with the former way of life? Anybody just like to wrestle with it? You're like, hey, that was fun. You struggle with your old self. Paul's saying that. He's saying there's a war going on within me. I, I, I know what I should do, but I struggle. We struggle with our old self, don't we? Maybe this morning, you're, you're so quick to say the devil made me do it when the first time you may need to say, I'm the problem. I'm the problem. I like it. I choose it. I'm going after it. I'm the problem. Understand this morning that if you're going to have a healthy mind, you're going to be transformed into that new person. Remember what that question was? Can I change? You've got to do something about it. Stop giving your old self a foothold in your new life. It can be put to death. Hebrews chapter 12, 1, the first part of verse 2. says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially what church? The sin. The sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus. It's all about what you focus on. Am I going to focus on my old way of life? I'm going to focus on Jesus. What are you focusing on this morning? What is your mind dwelling on? Focus on Jesus. What I love about 
God's word, if we stop short sometimes, we don't get the big full picture, do we? We read Romans 7, and if you read to the end of Romans 7, you're probably scratching your head a little bit. Paul poses a lot of questions. Well, what I love about the word of God, you got to turn the page and go to Romans chapter 8. Let's read the beginning of Romans chapter 8. And we're going to read this with the thought that Jesus is the answer to navigating a year of change. He's the answer. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Did y'all understand what we just read? Jesus, Jesus makes you not guilty of sin anymore. That sin is not a held against you any longer in Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. The Ten Commandments, we're going to get to that in a few weeks, by the way. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. There is a lot to unpack here. That could be a six-week series. What I want to do is do something really short, make it very simple. We are sinners. Jesus died for us so that we're free of sin. That's what we just read. What I want to encourage you with this morning, church, is that the power of sin for children of God has no more power. I need you to believe that. Sin has no more power. Do you believe it, church? What I get so frustrated with, myself included, Luke, why'd you do that? What I get so uh, uh, frustrated with uh, uh, the, the church of God is, why are you doing that? It, it's because as children of God, I want you to grasp this this morning. We no longer have to sin, church. We no longer have to sin, and I feel God's people don't really understand that. We have a firm grasp on the grace of God that when I mess up, he's there. But what we don't understand is that the power of the Holy Spirit can keep you from sinning. It can. You have to allow the Holy Spirit's power to work in your life, transforming the way you think, making you a new person, saying no to Satan and his schemes, living a life that is holy and righteous in front of God. Am I saying you're going to be perfect till Jesus calls you home? No, I'm not. But the desire to sin should decrease the longer you follow Jesus. The more you look like Jesus, the less you want to disobey him. And you have the power we're Baptist. We don't like to talk about Holy Spirit power, do we? But the Holy Spirit 
lives within you. Keeping you, holding you, sealing you. He's doing a lot for you. And he can help transform the way you think. So that in this new year, you can have this new mind. You can pursue Jesus. And your life can bring him honor and glory. He's good. He's freed you. Live in that freedom. And just as that very first question was posed, can I change? Yes, church, you can. Through the person of Jesus Christ. Let me pray for you. God, we love you. Thank you so much for loving us. Loving us enough to give us the word of God. Giving us the spirit of God to help us. as we navigate this life. God, I pray that we as a church would fully grasp the freedom that we have in Jesus. Not just the freedom from the consequences of sin, but we're free from the power of sin. We can change. We can have a new mind. We can pursue you. We can be different. Help us to understand that this morning, Lord. Thank you for your son, Jesus, and the work that he did on the cross to bring all of this about. Help us this new year to be transformed by the renewing of our mind through the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for being good. We ask everything in Jesus' precious and holy name.